0: Love Talk Radio.
1: Welcome to the Gridiron Blitz Podcast. Your weekly source for women's American football, insights, game recaps, and NFL News Weekly. Subscribe on Apple and iHeart.
2: Welcome, everybody, to the big uh, episode 400 in the house, Oscar Lopez. We're going to have a great show today, two hours jam-packed of the Blitz. We're going to be alongside the return of the Hall of Famer, Holly Custis, in the house. Later on in the second hour, we're going to have Mark Simone breaking it down for us, everything international news from the women's game this weekend, including the LaFai finals. We're also going to have Nate Ward and Mackenzie Brooks breaking down the next uh, Thanksgiving slate of the NFL. And we are going to have former co-host in the house, the whole reunion coming up right here in a couple of minutes. Holly, how's it going? Return of the Hall of Famer. How's it going?
3: Good. How are you guys doing?
2: I'm doing great. Uh, not as good as uh, you last weekend, but.
3: Well, it was what we get for my teams. Um, we had, uh, uh, you know, my Niners have, uh, kind of figure things out, and then my, my ducks kind of fell apart. So kind of a split weekend for me as far as uh, the teams that I follow. <laughs>
2: yeah, I know. The college football with the Oregon stuff, too. And uh, so we're, we're probably not going to get to that this week, but we'll probably recap it next week at this point. But, um, Holly, uh, Niners take care of business in Jacksonville, as expected. And then, obviously, this Patriots team revitalized here with Mac Jones. Uh, we are starting to see a uh, Brady 2.0 mentality here in New England.
3: Yeah, you know what's really interesting is before this draft and you had, um, you know, multiple rookies coming out of this class, I really thought um, that Mac Jones would have um, a better start than the rest of them. I do think he has a lower ceiling than some of them, but he he kind of is who he is. He is um, a guy that's uh, really good in the intermediate to short game, um, and he he's he's pretty smart. He makes uh, mostly good decisions, uh, firstly considering that he's a rookie. And I think what's the most important is the fit. It really matters where you go and the team you go to and the system that uh, you're playing in. And I don't think he could have gone to a better system than the Patriots. And so you can tell as you watch him play, it's almost like uh, Matt Jones kind of wants to throw down the field more, but Belichick is kind of, um, you know, keeping him to do what his pranks are. And so I heard uh, a stat earlier earlier today that the Patriots lead the league in completed out routes, which, you know, is a very short route. So I think they're playing it very smart and very conservative with him. And they're giving him chances to do what he does well. They're not um, pushing him to be who he's not. And then their defense uh, throughout the year has progressively improved. And so, yeah, I think they're doing really well, considering uh, where they were about a year ago. And I still think that they have some uh, holes to fill, you know, next year. But I think if you're a Patriots fan – you have to be ecstatic because you're ahead of schedule right now. Um, you know we don't know if Matt Jones is the the lifetime guy like Tom Brady was, uh, but for right now it's working. So um, you know, hats off to them.
2: All right, let's bring in uh, the crowd, uh, my former co-host, uh, everybody that helped me get this podcast bid, and here we are at the big 400. So uh, let's bring in the biggest Patriots of all, that would be Erica Lynn Anderson in the house. We're also gonna have uh, Eric Brown, the uh, the voice of the podcast before we start it. Eric for the, the promo voiceover. And then, of course, uh, Luis being here. Don't see uh, Troy yet, so it might be a little long. What's going on. But uh, Erica and Eric and Luis, welcome back to the podcast.
0: Hey, hey good being thanks, to be here. Thanks, Oscar.
2: So, uh, Erica, you should be thrilled. Uh, Tom Brady 2.0, revitalized. Pretty good season so far. Yes.
4: Yeah, it is exciting. Um, Yeah, exactly. I mean, everything Holly said was, I mean, exactly. It is exciting. I mean, to be rebuilding like that, um, I really think, I mean, that has to be a Belichick thing that we can, you know, be this ahead of schedule with, you know, in the rebuilding um, and I'm really excited to see how Mac's going to improve, and as he settles in and gets more comfortable, and continues to build chemistry with receivers, and um, you know, as they fill the holes, and their defense, kind of, you know, they've, we've lost some big names and stuff. So um, I think once once those things are addressed, yeah, it's exciting.
2: Uh, Erica, not so hot in uh, windy city this year, but uh, man, uh, are they doing a disservice?
1: Justin Fields. You kind of cut out there. Did you say, are they doing a disservice to Fields?
2: Uh, it's not so hot out there. They're kind of doing a disservice to Justin Fields' talents out there in Chicago.
1: Yeah, it's not not going so great right now. <laughs> um, I'm glad they got him. Uh, at least that's kind of a, a you know a starting point where they can where they can build from. Um, but uh, yeah, they just don't have. A whole lot around him. I mean, the offensive line is uh, bad as usual. Um, not, not not a ton of receiving talent. I mean, he has got one or two guys that he can kind of rely on, but um, you know, nothing that's that's really you know a threat to anybody. Um, uh, you know, they've got good running backs, but you know, it all starts up front. So issue on offense. Yeah, so once, once, of they, once they can get that hammer down out.
2: with Nagy. Nagy's just. I don't know about him. I mean, you you. Two good quarterbacks. I don't think uh, Trubisky was bad. I don't know if it's just the system for these quarterbacks, like uh, Holly was saying, you know, so I don't know if
1: Chicago is – that's the issue there, that, you know, they can't get those quarterbacks in a proper system. Well, the main thing as of late is the the offensive line. Um, That's where it all starts. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's kind of hard to get something going when you're constantly running for your life every time you drop back. Um, So once they get that hammered out, then – you can see, okay, is it, is it the quarterback? Is it the system? You know what have you, but um, they definitely need to get that line squared away.
2: Yeah, for sure. Uh, Erica, uh, if you guys didn't know, Eric is the voice of the podcast now. He was happy to uh, uh, donate his voice to us, and uh, now, uh, Erica, just to let you know, uh, top ranked two hundred podcasts in Europe with your voice every week now. So, oh, nice for myself.
1: Sweet. <laughs>
0: What's funny so I get is to hear
4: when, all, I was, when I was listening to the intro, I was like, "That sounds like it's Eric's voice." And so then when you confirmed it, I was like, "I, <laughs> I
2: knew it." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Eric's yep, been doing a uh, voiceover for a while, right, Eric? Uh, that's uh, what you've been doing so far, now?
1: Uh, yeah, I've been doing it for a while, off and on, but uh, I've been doing it now full time since March. Um, so just uh, you know, freelance voiceover work. So. Um, you know, I'm doing do the podcast, um, you know, voicemail messages, um, commercials. So pretty much anything you need a voice for, that's what I'm trying to
0: do.
2: Uh, Eric, how did you get started with that? Kind of give, give the fans a little background on that. How, how did you sway from what you were doing before to that?
1: Well, um, I had looked into – actually, I was kind of messing around online one day. I was trying to figure out. Um, kind of what I can do online to make money, you know, kind of on the side. Um, And, uh, you know, kind of some of the um, freelance sites started to pop up. And, um, you know, having worked on the the phone a lot in in my careers, uh, I was here, oh, you got a great voice or you should be on the radio or you can get a voiceover. So, um, you know, it, it just kind of started to click where I was like, well, you know, maybe I'll give it a shot and see what happens. So I took a look at some of the uh the freelance voiceover sites out there and um kind of got to work and it you know kind of started rolling
2: yeah and it's a, it's been uh kind of interesting to hear your your voice and some other promos and and you're doing um voiceovers you know is it commercial sense like in commercials as well like background commercials like you hear on the radio and stuff
1: uh, I have done that um more so in, the, in smaller markets, not nothing really, you know, national or no uh, nothing big as of yet. But uh, I have done and commercials, radio commercials, um, um, you know, infomercials, stuff like that. So, so it's kind of small right now, but uh, it's picking up.
2: All right. Uh, me and Erica started uh, well at the beginning of the podcast when we started back in like I think it's 2012, right? Oh. America and often at uh, the very, very beginning, so I, I presume you had a good time until, you know, you branched out and had to go do other stuff, but, you know, we obviously had
1: the beginning there to try to get it rolling. Uh, you're, you're saying back when the podcast started? Yeah, when the podcast started. Uh, well, I wasn't doing uh, voiceover at that time, um, you know, full-time. I was, you know, kind of doing it off and on just kind of messing around with it um you know just you no know, favorite for friends here and there stuff like that but um but yeah that's i that was i had a full-time job at that time
2: yeah i was back in uh i think was it 2012 if i'm correct 2014
1: uh something, something like thinking. that yeah
2: 2012 2013 somewhere in there yeah so yeah and, uh, and uh, we we had you on a- Almost every week, uh, and then uh, you had to branch out and things like that, so I wanted to bring you guys back because this is a huge uh, keeping this alive, but also just bringing attention to women 's American football in general every week, and it's become sort of a staple uh, podcast for a lot of folks and, and including uh, you know the community, the women 's football community, so um, yourself, uh, Erica, at the beginning uh, Erica and myself uh, um, you know try to make every every um, week.
4: Happen, remember, Erica? going from one week to the next and figuring it out and all
2: that other
0: yeah, stuff. Yeah,
4: I do. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it.
2: Yeah, It's kind of like an interesting uh, format for us to put together, but uh, here we are uh, 400 episodes later in 2021 of all places. Um, how did you, uh Eric, how did you get through this uh, COVID pandemic? It had any uh stories on your family everything came out okay, or how was this pandemic of the last year
1: uh, actually we've been pretty lucky um um you know nothing nothing we are all you know still working um so we didn't have to um you know nothing was really shut down for us per se uh, we were able to work from home um but uh, as far as you know the the pandemic goes. We had uh, one one kid uh, ended up, did end up with COVID, um, but that was because uh, her boss <laughs> um, had COVID and came into the office, um, you know, no mask or nothing like that, so he's spread it around the office, so eventually that whole office had to shut down, <laughs> but, um, but other than that, um, you know, we've, we've been lucky, um, you know, no, no other uh, illnesses or nothing crazy going on, so, and uh, like I said, we were able to still keep working, so. So uh, we were definitely definitely a blessing to be able to get through all that and um, you know still still stay above water. Yeah. That's
2: a good sign. It's good. Uh, I mean, uh, everybody's gone through it. Uh, I have a, a couple family members that gone through it, but they got over it. It wasn't you know severe enough to go like to the ER or the ICU things like that. But you know just the normal stuff, uh, the stuff that you get after the shots, and you know you get the soreness or you get sort of uh, flu symptoms and things like that. Um Erica, y- your family good through this cold covid thing?
4: Um yeah, we um you know, my myself and my daughter we actually got it. Um, we I still can't smell. <laughs> it's been a year and I still can't smell. It's really odd. Um, my taste is a little bit diminished. It's, I mean, honestly, I, I still feel very fortunate. I know a lot of people, um, it's affected a lot of people. So, um, my daughter's fully recovered. Um, but you know, we were able to work, um, throughout the whole thing. We, we work in cybersecurity, so we, we just went remote and which has been amazing actually. So, um, a lot better work life balance. Um, so yeah, we're, we're definitely fortunate, um, um, you know, all throughout the pandemic. So.
2: All right. Uh, Louise, being our Hall of Famer, uh, back in on the podcast. Uh been a while, Louise, since we brought you back. So uh, what have you been doing?
5: Oh, hey, thanks for having me on. Um, well, I played football last year with Holly. And Holly and I had played with each other just in all-star events and stuff like that. And I've known Holly for, like, my entire career, I think. And which was 11 years. So she commuted to be a Falcon last year. Super fun. She was a great asset to our team. Um Man, I was with you for 2017 to 2019. Um, I was living in Montana at the time and commuting to play football on the Falcons. Now we live, we moved back to Salt Lake in 2019. Then there was COVID. Um I worked all the way through COVID on site. I worked at a um, residential school for troubled youth, and so the kids lived there, so we went to work there. Uh, we just wore masks and um, can't not have kids, people, you can't not have teachers. I'm a teacher, so can't you, you got to go. And while every other teacher in the public schools was out, we still went. Um Hmm. then we moved to st george utah which is four hours south of salt lake um this summer st george is like i don't know people you guys are all from all over the country so st george is right in the middle of a bunch of national parks. so a couple hours drive to grand canyon bryce Zion's, Um cool area it's oh yeah six hour drive to the beach um it's warm it's red rocks it's I've been living in winter weather or where you have snow every winter my entire married life. Uh, but I'm from Arizona. So St. George is pretty cool. Um, but I'm not going to commute anymore to play football. That's too hard. As Holly Holly knows it's not for the week. So it's time to yeah, to football. <laughs> it's not for the week. We had people. So Holly came from Las Vegas. Or we had last year. Then we had two Vegas girls that came. I commuted for two years. Um, we've had people commute from California. Um, the difference, the unique thing about the Falcons is that I there's a lot of girls out there that almost view themselves as free agents. It's just a side fun note. Free agents, and they want to go travel and play for teams. I mean, Dallas has a lot. New Mexico had a lot. Um, but from what I know, those teams help finance those girls to come. And on the Falcons, we don't do that. You got to come and we're not paying for you to come. And so it's just, we're just not that way. We're just not set up that way. I don't know where everyone's getting all their money to. So I know from talking to girls, they are like traveling around, trying to figure out which teams they want to play for based upon what kind of financial package they get. And so, I don't know, on the Falcons, everyone's treated equal. So,
2: anyway. What um, what do we got? There's got to be an say it offering again? Of some sort. You say? I'm pretty sure they're offering like Hershey candies and stuff like that. There's got to be an offer. Oh, of yeah.
5: Sort of <laughs> I mean, yeah, people have told me straight up they get – they pay for their um, – the teams pay for their uh, flights, you know, things like that. Yeah. So, anyway, yeah, it's uh good – yeah, so that's why I feel like, well, wait a minute. I don't think you're as good as – some of the girls on our own team, and they're not getting financial help, and so just because you want to come from out of town. anyways, I have mixed feelings about all that. Not mixed feelings. I'm just like, hey, you want to come? Come, but we're not going to pay you.
2: Well, if um, you're not getting a paycheck, I guess you're not inclined to come to Utah. <laughs> I guess
0: yeah. yeah. Which I think is something.
2: funny. I mean, considering Utah's
5: great record over the years and five sure, straight chances, yeah, you'd think more people would want to come than there are. Um, but once again, if you're not getting a financial package, so I'm thinking, I know there's girls that are going to check out Denver and, and I'm thinking Denver, well, okay, but Denver didn't even make the playoffs. So anyways, to each his own. Um, so yeah, I live in St. George. I work at another, um, school for troubled youth for teens. And so, um, yeah, that's what I do. Got three kids. One of them lives in Africa.
2: So, yep. and my That's husband, St. George, in Africa. I think he's, he's been out there for a couple of years now, right? Like a year or two? He's been out there for a year and he's yeah. on a
5: church mission, church service mission. Oh. And my husband oh. sells property. Um, He works for a company that sells, that builds homes. So if you know anything about Utah and St. George, Utah's got a great economy. One of the more open states through covid Um. So many people have been moving here just because they want to get out of the Northwest. Sorry, Holly. They want to get out of the Northwest, get out of California because uh, people no, just I'm wanted thinking. their kids to be able to. Yeah. They just they <laughs> just wanted their kids to be able to go to school and play sports. I can't even tell you how many people have moved to Utah just so their kids could have, play football and, yeah. and play a sport because everything was shut down. Same with California because it's only six hours away. Nevada is more strict. And so, They have people coming from Vegas um, because it's only a two-hour drive from Vegas for their kids to go to school. When we transferred here or came here, my daughter was wanting to run cross-country this past fall. And we had to submit so much paperwork just so she could run cross-country because they didn't want kids. They were clamping down on kids just moving for a couple months and, and then taking off. So, like, we had to show that we'd sold our house or sorry, that we had renters in our house in Salt Lake, that we owned the house and that it was our primary residence because I think they were just, it was just too much, just too much that people, they got to control it somehow. So anyway, that's what's been going on. I still definitely follow women's football. And, I mean, we just barely stopped playing, Holly, like three months ago, so. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it seems like yesterday. I know, like, uh, and I still work out and I throw, Holly and I both coached youth um i was an assistant coach for my son's team it's my third year coaching little league but my older son was he's hasn't played for a couple of years so um i don't think it's a big deal you know that women are coaching football but sometimes you see it online as if on facebook like wow this is like earth-shattering and to me i'm like that's just how it is you know no big deal
2: but uh i think the normal yeah, the normancy of it is becoming more normal as it is so I think that's yeah,
0: definitely. Now. I think a little now. I definitely
5: normal. think um, Salt Lake area is a much bigger area than where I live now. And so up there, because there's the women's team, and I'm only four hours away, but, and then there's the, so the Falcons, then you also have the girls league that's doing really well up there. I think they had like 600 girls this year and it's the spring season. And so up there, it's really kind of no big deal as much now down where I live now um it it's just it hasn't permeated that far so like I was the only female coach around for, for football and um you know they a lot of them hadn't even heard of the Falcons and I'm thinking it's a four-hour drive away where the team's based and and you know it's just it's just a little different mentality um, down here, it's a little more. It's just further away, just four hours. So, um, but yeah, to me, I'm just like, yeah, we've been doing this kind of stuff. You know, we just do what we want to do. That's how I look at it. So, but uh, it's more new down here than it is up in Salt Lake.
2: Awesome, um, Erica. Um, what have you been doing besides the cyber stuff what, since you uh, left the podcast? Just it's growing up now, right? I think your kids are almost that older way older now yep. than when
0: we started
4: yeah teen 15 and 16 year old um so we um we're living in montana and i graduated college and then we moved to arkansas actually so we are in arkansas and my kids are really really active in sports um a lot of track and um one of my boys um plays football and so uh, three teenagers keeps you pretty busy, and then um just the cybersecurity stuff and um you know uh like technology and general learning, new technologies and things like that is is kind of a hobby of mine, so yeah, yeah,
2: and you're still following the Patriots, of course,
4: of course, of course, yep, I uh got the tattoo and everything, so I'll die hard to to the end, so <laughs> yep.
2: Now, uh Erica, uh, Brady goes to Tampa, gets the ring. What was the emotions for you for that year when he goes to Tampa?
4: Um I mean obviously, it was pretty pretty sad. Um it it was hard. I mean, I think it was I could see that it was time for him to go, and I think it was a good move for him and and um I you know, I I was still rooting for him to succeed. Um you know i'm not i'm not a bucks fan or anything but i can't not root against brady um i mean unless he's playing the past then he must get sacked 10 times but um you know uh, i i was happy for him um because the more rings he gets it just to me cements the fact that he's you know as great as he is there's all the deniers that i feel like they're at this point people like him a little more cuz now he's not wearing the Patriots uniform and they've decided that he's okay now that he's not associated with Belichick and the logo. So um, I funny think it's that a lot easier up. for people. Yeah, I think I think it's easier for people to root for him now than against him just because of, of him being removed from <laughs> Boston.
2: Yeah, I think, uh, I think Holly, you're one of the uh, people that pointed point that out a long time ago by if he le- ever left New England, be more likable in a lot of sense especially the Raider fans too
3: (laughs) yeah you know it's funny um my wife is actually a Patriots fan and she has the same sentiment of I think she follows uh, Tampa Bay just as much as the the Patriots now because she can't let go of her fandom on Tom Brady and but I get it though because even though I'm a Niners fan, I also am following the Chargers around because I love Justin Herbert. So I think sometimes you have certain players that kind of transcend teams, and I think Tom Brady is one of those people that if you were a fan of him before, you know, I think, uh, like you guys are saying, he, he's almost more likable now that he's not um, with the Patriots and, and under the, the Belichick wing and And uh, I definitely think it seems like publicly people are more receptive to him, but it's very interesting. It's a really good point.
2: Yeah. And I think that the mentality is that, you know, without Belichick, he wouldn't be this great. Right, Erica. And now he's without Belichick and he proved in one year that he could take, go to the top because that's how that was was kind of like the narrative thing. It's like, he's not that good. Cause he doesn't have that coach anymore. And all of a sudden, here, here.
4: right. And the other narrative was always, oh, hey, of course, the Patriots have a super easy road to the playoffs. They're in this, you know, really crappy division, and the AFC is weaker than the NFC. And Brady goes, okay, well, fine, hold my kale smoothie. I'm going to go to the NFC and go be in Drew Brees' division, and I'm going to show you guys that I can do it without Belichick in this environment. And – I I just loved that the entire season was kind of like this ode to I haven't fallen off a cliff yet. Watch what I can do. Um, so, yeah, I was definitely uh, rooting for him. It was great. Oh,
3: okay. I think you're cutting that a little bit.
1: I'm not sure if it's me, Oscar, or what, but you're breaking up really bad. Oh yeah,
3: I was I was sending a message. <laughs> it sounded like uh, like an alien, or like a monster, or like a monster went too close <laughs> to the speaker.
1: <laughs> I still can't hear him.
4: I can't hear me neither. I was worried it was me, so
1: (laughs) I can hear everybody else but
0: after.
4: Still breaking it up. Still sounds you're like asking you're getting um but maybe the
1: microphone. Might need to hang up and call back in again if if it's possible.
4: If he hangs up, does it end the whole thing?
1: Uh, yeah, I'm not sure. I don't know if he
3: yeah, has if the he keyboard he or what. know if he manages it. keyboard <clears throat> um, you
0: hear Um No. No, nobody can It's just now. Hey
3: Oscar, do we need to drop and then come back on? It's still, uh, I can hear you, but it's still very distorted.
1: So really distorted, it's hard to understand you.
0: Okay. Okay. No. Uh, so I just uh,
3: hung up and tried calling back in, but I still can't. Still can't hear.
4: <laughs> can
3: everybody else hear me?
1: Oh uh, yeah, I can yeah,
4: hear you. I can hear you.
3: Okay. Okay. So I think he's gonna disengage and come back. So we can we can talk about the NFL this last weekend. I know we talked about the, the Patriots a bit. Were there any other games that really surprised you guys this weekend? Uh I'm
1: trying to remember. Oh yes, the uh the pack, or the um, the Vikings beating the Packers, that surprised me.
3: Definitely. That was, I don't know if you saw the the <clears throat> end of that game, but um, you know, I think the Vikings kind of um out, were out coaching the Packers at the end of that game. Um, and I think uh, Justin Jefferson had an outstanding game, Um, 169 receiving yards, two touchdowns. I think it's really solidified, you know, he's really solidified himself as one of the top handful of receivers. Um, And uh, I think the Packers are still extremely talented. Um, But I don't know. Like, what were your thoughts on how the Packers have responded since the Aaron Rodgers uh, controversy?
1: Well, uh, they – really responded the way I thought they would because um, I mean, anytime they have Aaron Rodgers in the starting lineup, um, you know, they are team, the team to in the NFC. Um, so I just knew once he got back that they were, they were going to bounce back with pretty much no problem. Um, I'm, just, I'm excited to see the day that he actually leaves <laughs> being a Bears fan <clears throat> um, because I know from previous history – Anytime that they don't have him, they have a losing record. So um, right. so once he leaves the division, would will be up for grabs. But, but uh, yeah, I wasn't surprised by how they were able to bounce back once he came back. Right.
3: Yeah, yeah, that's a very good point. Dean, um, how about uh, Cam Newton's uh, return to Carolina? Like, how do you think Carolina has received him? How do you think that's going
0: so far?
1: Uh well Carolina, Carolina loves him. I mean that's that's the prodigal son that, that returned. <laughs> uh so it was, you know, electric. Um, um uh, you know, he's putting up good numbers for the time that he's in there. Um, he hasn't thrown any interceptions yet. Um so um you know he's that's reignited that fan base, so um I think ticket prices have i think they said ticket prices have doubled uh, since he came back. Um so now the question is going forward, um you know how what's he, what's he going to do? With are they going to give him you know more and more of a starting role? Um, or are they going to keep uh, uh, the other guy in there, uh, PJ Walker, put him in there? Um, so I think time will tell on that. But at least for now, um, looks looks like everybody's all in in Carolina.
4: Right.
3: All okay. right, uh, Eric, are you still there? Yep, I'm here. Okay, I didn't know who we had
4: still on. Uh, what do you think about the Colts? They're playing a lot better the last couple of weeks here. Yeah, you know, unfortunately, I, I haven't been able to watch a lot of football the last couple of weekends. We've, we've had some busy, so I feel like I wouldn't um, be able to um, speak real intelligently to that, to be honest. Uh, that's okay.
3: That's right. Uh Bean, have you seen the Colts lately?
5: You know what? I have not seen very much of them. I've been watching your team, the Dallas, of course, and uh New Orleans and my Cardinals. So that's who I'm paying attention to these these days.
3: Well let's talk about the Cardinals and um you know, it was my it's my opinion that I think the Cardinals might be the most complete team in the NFC. Well, how do you think Uh, they've been able to win even though they've had to play Colt McCoy.
5: Okay, I didn't even know Colt McCoy was still on a roster anywhere. I didn't know it it until like two weeks
3: ago when he played my Niners, and I was like, this guy's still around. I know. I thought it seems
5: like every former, you know, hotshot football player quarterback is in the booth right now. I mean, like there's so many, you know, RG3 and just so many. And so I just figured Colt McCoy was, you know, Doing something like that. And then you got the Manning brothers and just... I was like, Colt McCoy? He's winning football games for them? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, <laughs> I just think they're really talented. And I think they have good coaches. And so, I mean, coaching is so everything in this league. Because there's, like, the Giants have lots of talent and just can't put it together. So, right. anyway, yeah, Cardinals are doing great. I, they're, I don't think... They're, I think they'll take the NF... Or the, uh. Oh man, what's their division name again? They're gonna take it. N N F C West. Yeah. yeah.
1: N F C West.
3: Yeah.
5: Yep, I think they yeah, got that one. I think
3: their I think their defense is what people uh underestimate. They've played extremely well on the defensive side. Chandler Jones mm-hmm. is playing really well. I know J G. Watt got hurt, but that's kinda every year for J.J. Watt. They they got some message yeah. out of J G. Watt before he got hurt. Um, you know, it just seems to me that when you every year, you know, when it comes time to the teams to make a deep run, those teams have a certain X factor and I think the Cardinals have it. Um, so, you know, I think if you're a Cardinals fan you have to be really excited that you have Colt McCoy who nobody knew was still playing yeah. <laughs> and two I think two out of the three games he's played in, they played extremely well. So um, you know, that like what happens when you get, you know, Kyler Murray back in there. Like that's that's yeah. really exciting. Um And they have see. a good culture. They have a good culture yeah, they and
5: are. they're having fun. So Oh definitely.
3: Definitely. Um uh, And it's warm see, it's Can warm we... there. It's warm. That definitely helps. <laughs> <I don't laughs> that definitely helps. Um yeah. Let's see. Uh, we can pick up. What about, What do we think about uh, Jalen Hurts and the Eagles? Like, they haven't played amazing this year, but they seem to be gaining a little bit of momentum. Anyone want to take that one?
1: You said the Eagles, right?
3: The Eagles, yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, the Eagles are starting to come up there. Um, and, uh, you know, Jalen Hurts, he's uh, starting to come around. Um I saw stats. Actually, I saw stat today uh, comparing his first 25 games to Lamar Jackson's first 25 games, and it, those numbers were almost identical. Like uh, it was like it was crazy. Um, so yeah, they're, they're def- they can definitely make some noise in that division because it is, if not the weakest, one of the weakest uh, in the entire NFL. So uh, if they can you know get on a hot streak here, uh, they just might take that division.
3: Yeah, I definitely think um, they're, they're improving, and it's if- if you're an Eagles fan, I think you have to be excited about Jalen Hurts. He's um, kind of in the vein sometimes, I think, of like a, a Justin Fields and that he can create on the fly. Um, sometimes that will lead to mistakes, but most of the time it, it pays off for them. As long as he kind of plays within himself, I think, um, I think they have something there that they can build on going forward. Um, Oscar, are you back? Can you guys hear me now? Oh yay! We can hear you. <laughs> awesome. Finally. <laughs> we were just we were just rambling about a, a bunch of games for this weekend, so uh, I'll hand it back over to you.
2: All right, technology. You know how it works sometimes. Um, let's bring in Inkishi Free back in here, and Inkishi, a uh, big Cowboy fan as well. So uh, let's bring her in here. Uh, I'm just gonna get her on her. Kishi, welcome. It's been a while, and your Cowboys are rolling, so there's, there's no complaints.
6: Hello, everybody. How's it been?
0: Think Can you guys hear me?
6: Good. I'm good. So who all is on tonight? Introduce, introduce. Holly's on.
2: So we have uh, we have Erica Lynn. Hey. uh We have Holly. Hi brown
7: hey
2: uh with louise Bean
7: hey.
2: in the house i I was waiting for troy but i don't know if troy was able to make it he said he's going to try to make it but I, don't, I haven't seen him on the board yet
6: okay hey everybody oh my gosh i haven't heard from erica and eric and holly in a minute hi louise nice to chat hello 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 hello. oh my gosh so, yeah with stuff for troy just about the gang's all here
2: And your Dallas Cowboys are rolling.
6: They are rolling. I heard some foolishness earlier um, while y'all had me on hold about them. Let's not do these things. Let's let's not not do these
0: things.
6: Let's not do these things. No, in all honesty, I, I actually like Jalen Hurts. I like what he's doing in Philly. I like that he is trying to, you know, he's finding his way. He's trying to, you know, put his stamp on that team trying to help and revise um, that city. They've gone through so many changes just, you know, in the past couple years. I mean, it's um, just, yeah, Philly's just an interesting, you know, city, and they've just been up and down and up and down and up and down with their quarterback situation. And so um, I'm really liking that they're finding – that consistency. And even though I think that was Eric who was creating blasphemy talking about the NFC East being the the weakest, um, you know what? We're getting better. We're getting better and we're getting back to being a powerhouse division. I think what it's really going to take is a couple more solid seasons to win. Um, But Yeah, I like what they're doing out there in the NFC West, and um, this has actually been one of the best years of football in a long time, mostly because there is no clear-cut division leader. Every team has something to offer, and I think the fun is the up and down right now. I think for so long the NFL had gotten boring because it was so predictable and the teams were predictable and, and who was going to be the stat leaders. And, and this year, everything really and truly seems to be more evenly spread out, and it, it, this gives true definition to any given Sunday.
2: It's been a great uh, new season, especially Dallas revitalizing themselves uh, out west. The Cardinals kind of like standing out. Uh, we got the story with the Rams maybe taking a sink here in the last seven games, Seattle the same way, mm-hmm. we got Green Bay. There's a lot of storylines. And then Erica's Patriots with this young kid making waves here. Uh, could make a run yes. here.
6: Yes, I heard that. And at first I didn't think it was true. I was like, no. But, you know, looking at the Sandings, I mean, they're seven and four. But I think what I like about what the Patriots are doing is they're doing it quietly and they're doing it the old-fashioned way with just good, solid, consistent football. It, it, we don't need the whole showboating ESPN highlight reels right now. We need good, solid, consistent football. Just win, baby. Just win, as the late um, great Al Davis would say.
2: Now, uh, KC, hey. what have you been up to since everybody else has kind of dissect in terms of uh, letting us know what you've been up to? So how was COVID for you as well?
0: Um,
6: it was good and bad. I mean, luckily for me, um, I was blessed to have um, employment so I, where I can work from home and be here with the kids. Um, it was a really hard transition um, for the kids because the twins were in the eighth grade when COVID hit. So... Um, For them, it was really emotionally devastating because all of those normal rites of passage that you would expect to have as an eighth grader, they didn't get to have any of those things. And so, like, there was no eighth grade formal, high school trip, I mean, eighth grade class trip, all the things that, you know, and now for my son, he was indifferent because he's a boy, but his twin sister was devastated. Like, this little girl had been planning four different outfits you know, since the start of uh, September, you know, of their eighth grade year. And so it was really hard on her to not be able to have those things. And then to start their freshman year of high school virtually, it was really hard. Again, all of these normal rites of passage that you expect to have and share. And it was, and my oldest daughter, it was her senior year uh, last year. She graduated in 2021. So she was a junior when COVID hit. So, again, all the – now, she, she – well, no, they didn't have a prom either. Um. So – but they thought they were going to this was going to be their last year in high school together where she was going to be a senior, they were going to be freshmen, and this was going to be their last time together, you know, as siblings because when they go to college, nine times out of ten, they're going to all go to different schools. So, again, all these things that we had just looked forward to. But we hunkered down. Um, I ironically enjoyed it. Um, as you guys know, my life as a single parent has always been super-duper fast-paced. So I'm ripping, I'm running, I'm here, I'm there, I'm doing the show. I was, you know, just all of it and their 12 main activities. And it was so nice to be still for a minute. And it allowed us to get closer and spend time together as a family in a way that we had not done in a while. So um, that's me finding the silver lining, you know in the situation and now i have a freshman in college um she would i uh, just got back from picking her up from the airport and um and the twins are now trying to find their way through their first official year of high school
2: a lot going on at the free health yeah
6: it is. yeah it is but you know what um i have healthy happy well-adjusted adjusted children and you know like i said we're, we're finding our way um the kids discovered new sports like my twin daughter was never an athlete which is like really weird because you know we're a family a sports family sports were never her thing and um last spring she discovered softball and then this fall uh they participated in um High school sports again, but instead of going football, which is what I really thought, my son decided to choose golf. Which I listen, I support wholly, and um and he found a junior ROTC, and he's the highest ranking um Boy Scout in his Boy Scout troop. So, yeah, I mean, I'm you know, like I said, as a family, we're we're blessed. I have no complaints. You know, we are, we're going to keep finding the silver lining and all of this. And it's so good to be back with all of you doing the one thing that, of course, you know, I love outside of my kids is
0: talking sports.
2: Two hours, you guys. We've expanded the the uh, podcast in the last, what, couple of years. We we went from an hour, we went from a half hour to an hour, and then we went to an hour and a half, and then we had to go to two hours. So it's been kind of nice to have two hours, and we talk everything, college football, NFL, and then we talked, obviously, women's tackle football as well. So um, I wanted to bring you guys on because I really wanted to just publicly say thank you uh, for you guys for making this happen, for bringing us to the 400th episode of our podcast. Uh, if it wasn't for you guys, we would not exist today. So I, uh, you know, from the bottom of my heart, I, Erica, Eric, Luis, uh, Troy, and Kishi, you guys made it happen. Uh, including my you know my most recent co host you know Holly's been with me for a long time keeping it rolling every Tuesday. So uh it's been a uh an exciting journey and it could not have been, you know, possible without you guys contributing your time and energy.
5: Hey Oscar, you. you have really stayed with it. Like there's a lot of people that go out there and they say I'm going to do a show and then they last a few shows. Like your longevity and just your not giving up, it's just amazing because I don't think there's anyone else out there that's done what you've done. They talk about it, they get this idea about it, but man, seriously, that's off to you,
3: yeah, exactly what Bean said
0: you
3: know, <laughs> yeah, exactly uh exactly what Bean said, because you know we all have uh outside lives and and it's very easy, you know, way too easy to be like, ah. You know, i got a plan for all the the show and everything, but every week you do it, no matter what's happening, you know, it's extremely rare that, you know, the show doesn't happen. It's, it's As far as I'm aware, it's always pretty much happened. So that's a testament to your perseverance, too, and your consistency. And that's what I try to tell uh, you got a lot of younger players, you know, that I mentor is it's about consistency. Like if you want to have a long career in football or whatever you're doing, you have to be consistent. You have to do it when you don't want to do it. And uh, so, hats off to you, Oscar, because nobody else is doing it like you are.
2: I appreciate that. Right. Um, I know I gotta, you know, I gotta thank Erica. Initially, me and her were keeping it afloat week to week, uh, and we are having uh, Erica the Wi-Fi can fix it, can be here, can be there. Uh, us communicating, messaging, and she would cover for me yeah. one, you know, a, a Tuesday here and there and things like that. So uh, it was kind of comical in a way, but also frustrating. So, uh, but uh, Erica, I want to thank you for that. I, you, you guys stuck with me and
4: uh, really awesome. Oh, yeah, for sure. I echo what, what everyone has said too. your your commitment and, and everything is just great. And I've been able to meet just great people and connect on social media, um, and, and, um, really all thanks to you. So I appreciate it.
2: Yeah, Eric, uh, just the same. I mean, we have, we started out and then, you know, uh, you came on and great insights. And then all of a sudden, you know, you had to move on as well with other things, but, uh, I really, really do appreciate your inputs.
1: Oh, no problem. That was, uh, Thank you. Glad to uh, be able to contribute. Um, and, uh, you know, happy that uh, you need to be on the show. Uh, so like I was saying, 400 episodes, that's a lot. So uh, you can you can see it's definitely a, a labor of love for you. But, um, you know, here's another 400 and uh for having me be a part of it.
2: Awesome. I really appreciate it. Um, I got to l- just put a little tidbit out there. Uh, none of us have ever met in person ex- except for Luis Bean. Funny or what? no none of us have ever met in person no,
6: we haven't shaken no, hands we haven't hugged no i know troy yeah. actually i know Floyd. well no because i know troy in person
2: no i met myself and you guys as a group
6: oh, i don't think we've ever
2: met true. in person and no, it's always haven't. been over the radio and the one thing that people tell me all the time it's like well you guys must be hanging out all the time I'm like uh no this is a uh internationally you know we when me and troy and uh and in Kishi, we doing it. We were, it was east to west, right? They were on the east coast. Mm-hmm. I was on the west coast. And it's always been virtual, basically over the phone and things like that. So, um, but, uh, you know, it, we make it happen. And people were, uh, you know, enjoyed it. And we got a lot of feedback mm-hmm. from it. So, um, Especially yourself and Kishi and Troy when he was doing college football Mom, as well. You. A lot of people really enjoyed that.
6: Well, let me just echo what everyone else has said. Kudos to you. Um, kudos to you for 400 episodes Um, it was an honor to be part of the show for three years Um, one you allowed me to have a voice to share and 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 my love of sports and connect with an amazing community I learned so much about women's professional football in a way that I had never um, learned before and your dedication and commitment to your dream and your vision so you know, kudos to you and thank you for, you know, bringing us all together and allowing us to share in this platform and in this vision and in this dream. Um, I mean, I I don't think you realize just how many lives you've touched and things like, for example, um, you know, you've got Holly on and then, um, you know, for a little while you were doing all those, we were doing all that coverage on Callie and the DC Divas. And then the next thing we know, Callie's up there with the Cleveland Browns. I mean, that's huge. I yep. mean, that. You know, but but if you had not introduced us to Callie, we wouldn't have known who she was. You know, but we actually, you know, I don't know if you remember that day, Oscar, but when they were here, Callie was injured, and Troy and I were covering um, – we were tra- covering the game live on Periscope, but Callie was injured and she couldn't play that game. And I just got to sit mm-hmm. in the booth and have an amazing conversation with her. Her football knowledge and acumen is crazy. So it's not a surprise that she is where she is, but you, you love to see it. And, and so that's why I'm saying, like, your show was a platform to help so many talented women in the sports industry have a voice. I have a classmate from high school who's now with the DC Divas. You know, she's living out her dream, and, and she's wow. like, I never thought I
0: could.
6: Yeah, she's like, I never thought I could, but I love football, and, you know, and then COVID hit, but I mean, still, it, again, you have helped elevate this game in a way that other people have not, and I hope that you get the recognition and credit for the work that you've done, and that I hope it pays off Career-wise, as well as financially, and that you again get the public recognition for being a visionary and a pioneer.
2: That, Key She coming from you, uh, a lot, and I appreciate you uh, making the time commitment, including with your family, you know, things that were going on at the time, and uh, as well as, like I said, with Erica as well. So, uh, I wanted to bring you guys on because I really wanted just to give you guys a big thank you for getting us here, and I appreciate you guys making the time today out of your busy schedules as well to come and um you know acknowledge uh what we've created here and what we continue to do every tuesday is bring attention to the uh, talented women that play american football not just in the states anymore but globally and i think it's a great uh great thing that we've started and continue to do and um and our current co-hosts do a great job as well and they're keeping it going and taking the baton and moving forward so uh I didn't see uh, Troy here, but I will hopefully we'll get to see him, and I'll, I'll mention Troy. So I know, he's, he's busy as well. So, but uh, Troy, if you're listening, uh, you know, big thank you to you for bringing attention to college football, bringing insights, bringing everything college football related as well. And it was just a, a great time for me to learn it uh, from Troy, and also uh, as soon as Holly came in, I got to learn college football a lot more. So it's kind of interesting at the same time, very eye opening. So. Uh, Kishi, very, uh, very thankful to you to coming on, making the time today. I know you uh, had your pick up your daughter and everything else, so I really do appreciate that.
6: Absolutely, absolutely. So Holly, what's going on with you in your world? Like I said, I apologize for coming in late, but you know, had to pick up heartbeat from the airport. So, um, and the traffic and the congestion out there is just absolutely crazy in the DMV. But um, yeah, so Holly, <laughs> what's going on with you?
3: Uh, Everything is going great over here. Uh, let's see. I just finished coaching youth football up here in the Seattle area. Um, you know, so I coached the sevens and eight, uh, basically seven- and eight-year-olds, third- and fourth-graders. And, um, you know, it was a big learning experience. Sometimes it was like herding cats, trying to get them to line up in the right spots. Substituting people during games was a big deal the first couple games, but man, oh man, did they improve! And by the end of the year, we ended up in the championship game, and it was zero to zero, and we held a team that uh, normally scores 30 points a game to to no points, and then they scored with 30 seconds to go. So, so you know, <laughs> it was kind of bittersweet for the kids, but I, it was really fun to give uh, you know, these kids uh when things like that would happen to be able to teach them life lessons of like, hey, you know, obviously it's not fun when you lose at the last second, but what can we learn from it sort of thing. So I really enjoyed that. Um, now I'm basically, you know, um training. I decided to play one more year.
0: <laughs>
3: I I swore the last year was gonna be my last year and then I, and then I didn't like the way that that ended, so I was like, okay, one more time. Uh, So I've been training for that. Um, You know, COVID definitely affected everybody. So for me, you know, it just meant I started working from home. At first, um, you know, we were in our apartment, and it was kind of challenging because we are both working from home. And then I would have to try to plan when I needed to go into the kitchen so I didn't disrupt my wife's meetings. But then we were able to purchase a house, uh, and now we have way more space and designated, like, workspaces. And, oh, my gosh, now I like working from home. I never thought I would be that person, but now I'm that person. And uh, so everything's going well. My three animals are doing well. My cat seems to really enjoy the fact that I took out the Christmas tree and I've been decorating.
6: Um, so everything's going good here. That is so awesome. Yeah, I never thought I'd be, I would like working from home either. Um, but but being, I guess just spending so many years literally on the go, and I felt like I just had, I felt like I had an imaginary suitcase in my car because I felt like I was right. in the car more than I was in the house. So, yeah, just having this opportunity to just slow down, appreciate nature, appreciate so many things that I just, never paid attention to when they say stop and smell the roses they literally mean stop and smell the roses oh
3: definitely i think um my stress level has dropped a lot since i've worked from home i like when i can finish a meeting go check on the cats i can get on a meeting and then i can go clean the kitchen like i feel i can go on a walk i can you know what i mean i i feel like the pace is slowed down a lot and I can enjoy my day way more than trying to drive to work, you know, go through all the traffic, try to get everything jam-packed and the hours I have at the office, you know. And so I like it a lot. I think mental, like my mental health, not that it was bad before, but I feel like my mental health has improved and my stress level has dropped now that I kind of have the pace down of working from home.
2: Yeah, that's true. Right. That's a great option. Um, and Kishi, let me get uh Eric, if you got to go, I I really appreciate you coming in. If I don't want to hold you up any longer. I know you came in. It's an, it's an hour, so it but I do appreciate you coming in, Eric, and uh uh being part of the big uh, 400 and thank you for the voiceover intro, which is everybody's been very very hop- happy with and we appreciate
1: it. Oh, sure. No problem. Thanks for having me. I do have to get going. I'm rolling up to Chicago in the morning for Thanksgiving but um but yeah, thanks for having me on and um, you know, thanks for putting me on initially and uh you know here's to another four hundred. Well
2: thanks, hey Eric. it was really Thanks Thanks. All thanks. right. So um, I think Louise is gonna probably have to bail too, right, Louise? Uh but I do appreciate you yeah. coming in, making the time today with your busy schedule.
5: Yeah, thank you. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. It was great to uh, – what's the guy's name with the voiceover? He does have a great voice. Uh, Eric Brown. Eric Brown. So what years was he on?
2: Uh, he was on with me at the beginning of the uh, – a couple years in the beginning, about three, four years, I believe. About three years, I believe.
5: Okay, but, like, what year did you start again?
2: Uh, back in 2011, I think, to 2012.
5: Oh, gosh, Oscar, seriously. Seriously, Oscar, that's yep. amazing.
0: Yeah, it's well, been a, very it's been good.
5: A yeah, for real. Oh, my gosh. Like, we all got older. You got older. Oh, sure. <laughs> like, that's a long time.
0: <laughs> yeah, for sure.
5: Oh, man. All right. Well, hey, thank you. We'll be talking to you.
2: Okay. Thanks, Luis. Thanks for making it. I really all appreciate right. it. Yep, you bet.
0: All right, I got
3: it.
2: Uh, we I got to head out as well. After. Have, you're bailing too. I thank you, Holly. Appreciate it. I'll catch you next week.
6: All right. I know.
3: Have That's
0: a
6: good uh, Thanksgiving, 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 Thanksgiving everyone. everyone. Happy Thanksgiving everyone. I know I actually unfortunately do have to bail. I didn't yep. I would help I'd hoped to be on at 9, but like I said, I was stuck in the DC traffic, but No, no worries. Thank you. Well, I actually got my booster earlier today and I'm feeling it now. So
2: yeah, it's a, it's that's a woozy. <laughs> Depending on how you're at, uh, it affects you in different yeah. ways. But uh, hopefully you recover, and hopefully it'll just get better. But I do appreciate you oh, making okay. the time with your busy schedule, and uh, Absolutely. uh, thanks again now, for
6: everything you is, contribute is, to please. our podcast. Hey, listen, you're the best, and thank you again. Like I said, for being a voice and an opportunity for so many people to share the thing that they love in sports and learn and grow and. And, and continue and, and evolve and enhance our own, you know, sports careers in different ways than we had ever visioned. So again, you are a visionary, and I love it. And it was my honor to be a part of this amazing program. Everyone, happy holidays, happy Thanksgiving, safe travels to everyone, and um, look, I love to come back and chat again in the future.
2: Thank you, Kishi. Enjoy your turkey and a Dallas win, hopefully. Thank
6: you. Yes, 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 because we got to turn this around and stop this silly skid. All right. Bye, everyone.
2: <laughs> bye. Have a great night. All right. Let's bring in, uh, let's see here. We got the Troy Wilson in the house. Finally made it. Uh, Troy, thanks for coming in. Really appreciate it, buddy.
8: There you go. What's going on with you, brother? How you been, man? Glad to be man, back. Man, I've been missing you, you bro. That's go all I got to tell you. I've been missing you. Hey man, I miss you guys too, man. I miss talking ball, man. You know, it's been a rough ride for the past few years. Um, you know what? Because I, I I really missed the regiment of getting ready for our Tuesday shows and and uh, being able to talk ball with you guys, man. I definitely miss it. Miss the camaraderie, the preparation, and all of that, man. And, and I'm I'm proud of you, man. You're doing a great job with this, man. Just uh, such resilience and and just you know putting it down you know, for women's football and football in general, just um, being an ambassador for the sport. So we really appreciate been, you for doing man, that. Man. Congratulations. 400,
2: 400 shows. Man,
8: 400, that's deep it, I could brother.
2: I could not imagine this in, 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 in ever, but uh, you know what? This last month when it got to 390 and I'm like, it's 10 away from 400. I'm like, I would never thought I'd get here, but we got here. So I wanted to bring you on and just to thank you uh, for, you know, being there for me, uh, giving us the insights, enlightening us with college football with all your insights and, uh, you know, the fact that you were part of it as well and keeping it going and keeping our audience engaged. So I want to I wanna just give you just you too, for doing that for us and keeping us afloat.
8: Oh, man, it was my pleasure, man. Like I said, I mean, I appreciate you giving me an opportunity to do it. and And, and we had a lot of fun doing it, man. Just had a lot of great shows, a lot of great guests on uh you introduced me to a lot of great people uh OJ Jenkins one of them in particular just you know just a great personality to be around so i i really appreciate what what happened and uh and uh how we all got along man it was a great opportunity so i really appreciate it thank you brother
2: all right Troy thank you for making the time tonight i know you're a busy guy and uh you're probably tired and everything else but uh I just wanted to, you know, personally thank you on the podcast and especially on our Big 400 and everything you contributed to our podcast. And I hopefully, uh, you know, we'll have you back sporadically. You're always welcome back. But uh, I really wanted to just to give you a big thank you as well. I appreciate that, man.
8: Hey, look, I will be back on there, man. Just,
2: just being able to call
8: back and, and hearing the voices again, man. You, got, you guys got me going over here, man. So I'll definitely be calling back, contributing to the show. Um, it'd it be it'd be my honor to do so. So I appreciate you. Thanks. For, thank you for the kind words, also, my man.
2: All right, Troy. Thank you. Have a great night. Rest up. And I really appreciate you coming on and giving us your time. You got it, brother. Take care. Take care. All right, uh, guys. We have Nate Ward, backseat coach. Uh, sorry, guys, for having you guys on hold, but the the crowd was large and the party was started and. Unfortunately our switchboard wasn't enough for to get everybody on the on the board but uh uh Mark and Nate welcome aboard. Uh what a you know what an exciting uh 400 with a little technica- technical difficulties at the beginning there of course as always it's got to be interesting so
9: you know it's so important every once in a while uh to appreciate milestones and take a look back on um you know, where you came from and all the things you, you did to get to where you're at and appreciate all the people who were on that ride with you. So, um, it was a great idea to celebrate the 400th show and um, hear from all the folks who um, made it special.
2: Yeah, it's been a it's been a world ride, Mark, including yourself on there now. We got uh, Terry that just came back on here. Nate's been with me for a long time. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you also have uh, you know Holly, who's been with me for a very longer time than anybody else. Mackenzie's been in here before, so um, you know, just to keep it going every Tuesday to engage and bring attention to the sport uh, to an audience, especially now that we're I wouldn't say huge. But we are now a penetrating mentality where, like, people do come to, you know, to hear you, myself, and everybody else that's on the – as co-hosts uh, for the insights every week and, give, and giving us everything of the information. So it's been it's been a blessing in itself to, to bring attention to the sport in general, but also to bring attention to football in general and in, in, include women's football in that conversation on a weekly basis. I think that's important.
10: Yeah, so, I think – um, you know, I, I think to have the the medium that we do to um, be able to give a different, a vastly different perspective from the mainstream. Not you know, laid out and planned out. Just you know, almost shooting the breeze in a sense. But you know, putting our our minds to work in you know, the facets of the game that we know and the way that we know is. Is a huge asset, and you know to to have gone as long as this program has. I mean, 400 shows. Uh, you you got to think of how many programs have probably tried this format and haven't even made it half as much. So, I mean, we have you to thank, Oscar, and we have this entire crew around us, including myself, to to thank for bringing our our skills to the table and be able to you know use our voices in in this manner. It's very cool.
2: Yeah, I mean, Nate, I brought you on. Uh, I think we talked about it, and, and you said maybe I can't make the time and everything, but I brought you on. You know, uh, uh, X-League Insider, LFL Insider, you know, you get the lowdown right there on that side of the sport, the arena side of the sport. Uh, Mark, of course, the Oracle of Women's Tackle Football. You know, we brought in a lot of people before that. And, uh, and then mm-hmm. we have, you know, Troy, Holly, uh, you know, Nkishi Free, Erica Lynn, loving of football NFL So there's a little bit of mix of everybody's uh, passion for certain things, and I think that's what makes our two hours so interesting, the fact that we have a lot of input from a lot of people. Absolutely. And I think to keep it going, I think, uh, Mark, uh, I mean, this is a a big moment for me in terms of just the scope of the number, but also a bigger moment because I think we're penetrating an audience uh, engagement and I think we're getting to that next level where people are being made more aware of that women's tackle football does does exist, that the WNFC exists, especially in the States, that the WFA exists in the States. And ultimately that internationally, you know, it's a it's a game that women do play internationally as well.
9: Absolutely. And you know, um I mean I so that's I mean the biggest I think appeal of the show is being able to offer talk on um, these different levels of football. Um, you know, your pro, your college, and your women's football, um, not to mention, you know, um, you know, topics, topics of the day that are, are related. And yeah, 400 shows is big. If you listen to one show per day, it would take you over a year to listen to all the shows. That's really, it's a very, it's it's a very big accomplishment. And, um, you know, c- congratulations, Oscar, because, you know, that's, you know that that's all on you we, we, you know you had a lot of you surrounded yourself with other people um who um could help you do it but you were there for every single one right and they wouldn't have happened without you so um it, you know it's it's really a testament to your dedication uh, to your craft and um you know you're just you're you're preaching the gospel man you know and you don't give up, and uh for your efforts, you know hopefully you know our audience is expanding and um, um and hopefully that they they feel that you know we're continuing to deliver you know good content
2: and I think it's you know it's a tribute to um a lot of the episodes that we had in the past from two thousand and twelve all the way to here we've done. Uh, a lot of interviews and it's you know it's uh, a lot of people have come on legendary core, uh, legendary players in other words from every uh, aspect of the US game including some international players from down south so uh, the content's there the you know the archives are there now everything's put together now so you can go back and replay you know uh, listen to Lisa Horton you can uh, Ali Hamlin you can listen to Callie Branson i mean there's this, a lot of uh, you know players that we've interviewed that are icons in women's tackle football on the show. So it's a, it's a, to me it's kind of like that's what I want to leave, the fact that we, we did you know put some sort of programming where somebody can go back and refer to it and also uh, you know, listen to those folks, uh, their struggles. I mean, just think of Jennifer King and Callie Branson, right, where they started and where they were and where they're at now. And I think it's that, you know, we don't take credit for that, and we're not going to because obviously the, all their work is for that. But, you know, we'll take credit for the fact that we spotlighted them before they were, you know, spotlighted in the NFL, which I think it's a good cool thing.
9: Absolutely. You know, definitely ahead of the curve on recognizing, you know, women of football, uh, you know, hand, hands down. Like, there's, you know, way out ahead. <laughs> of the NFL, you know, and all the mainstream media that's hopped on uh, years ahead. And you, these interviews are great. Uh, you know, you're a master interviewer. You've managed to reach these people and have them on the show at, you know, very, you know, pivotal times, usually in, in those people's um, careers. You know, you're talking about, um, the accomplishments that they've they've made in the game um, you know championship games um, all americans all stars people who are working to establish uh, new teams, new leagues uh lifting you know others up um, so yeah absolutely i mean there's there's a huge a huge library of these interviews that I think would will um you know, have historical value. Even, right? It's not just interesting conversation, but when you you look back over all that time, um, who you spoke to and when, I mean, it, it's got historical value. So, um, you should be very proud. Yeah, I think
2: that's probably the the thing that I'm more proud of: the fact that I could bring attention to uh, those individual athletes, you know, stellar stars that we in the NFL would be considered superstars in a lot of ways without the paycheck, of course. And so it's, you know, nice to just have them spotlighted and give them their just due. I mean, like the Sam Marcos office of the world is an example. Um, And then you have other talented players in terms of the women's game. But I I think the, the format grew from an hour, Mark, uh, Nate, actually 30 minutes, then it grew from 30 minutes to an hour, and then it went from an hour, and a half, an hour to an hour and a half, and now we're at two hours. I, I don't think I could top uh, Joe Rogan's three hours, but well, we might be able to do it eventually at some point.
0: And
2: <laughs> eh, maybe get close. Maybe get close. I don't know if we have enough Joe Rogan three hours of content, but uh, I guess we could we could babble for another uh, additional hour. Keep the keep the the
10: the friendly uh what do we say, the um friendly competitiveness and debates going over our teams. That's what we could do.
2: So seriously, huh? The hotbeds, the uh the rants. We haven't done rants in a long time. We could do an hour of ranting, I guess. We just basically right. uh, offload our uh, high blood pressures. <laughs> I have about thirty minutes worth at this point with how my team's
10: doing. Oi <laughs>
2: yeah we we me and Terry were talking about that. I'm pretty sure you were listening too. Uh-huh. and're <laughs> not happy camper with Seattle right now, but uh it's the way it works. um so guys let's let's talk women's tackle football here before we talk nFL with the the salty one here but uh mark let's uh let's dive into this um this week. uh Queen's Bowl should be coming up here on the twenty eighth It'll be Amsterdam against Rottenham. We you know, kind of figured that already, and you had mentioned that in the previous couple podcasts, so no surprise here. Um, more unlikely uh the cats win out, that's my feeling.
9: I think so. I, I agree with you. Even though uh Rotterdam is um a- apparently ranked um number one and are the favorite, um, based on net points. I guess is how they do it. Um the Cats have already defeated Rotterdam earlier in the, in the regular season and they're undefeated going in. Um, so I also like the Cats.
2: I think it's going to be a, a mixture of who, who gets – like Rottenham, with, we talked about the schedule. Obviously there were some forfeits there. Including, I think it was Amsterdam with the forfeit. So it's going to be a, a, you know, concerning there in terms of who's going to stand out. But uh, I'm assuming it's you know um, the better team. And I don't know if Amsterdam would be the better team, so it's kind of a toss-up for me. I can't even pick one right now, but I'm assuming I'll go with
9: Amsterdam at this point, just to, as an edge. I think the game itself will probably be pretty close. I don't think it's going to be more than, you know, a couple scores margin. Um, it'll probably be closer than that, but uh, yeah, I, I feel like the Amsterdam is the is the, uh, the my favorite going in. And Mark, you called it
2: Pumitas in Lafay in Mexico. They get the championship division one twenty two fourteen against Titanis. That was a shocker. That did that did surprise me. But uh you know what? Yeah. Shout out to our, our, our no joke football athlete Sofia Vences out there. She busted up and she did the thing and
9: she's got the ship, so Yeah, it was pretty wild. I mean it was quite a uh a game. It went into uh overtime and each team their overtime rules each team got a chance to to uh, have the ball uh, the pumitas got it first and and they scored and put up a uh, two point conversion and uh when it was the titanus turn uh it, i mean it came right down to the last play, it was kind of a desperation heave into the end zone that got knocked down the, by the pumitas to preserve that win. Um, very exciting ending, and guess what, it's on the Hub, you can find it on the Hub, Uh, check it out, because it's very exciting, Uh, but it was a big, yeah, yeah, it
2: was was interesting, you had called it uh, last week, I said, you said more than likely that they were going to go ahead and, you know, they had a chance, and here they are, they did get a chance as well.
9: Yep, I you know, I definitely felt like uh they were going to be they were going to be in the contest. That I you know, the Titanes had, had pretty much rolled over everybody. Uh they had a perfect record going into the, into the championship game. Um but yeah, I said the Pumitas would 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 be right there and then they pulled they pulled it out.
2: Now Ma- uh, Mayas Blanco uh Mark uh, they get the win over Halconis. I don't think anybody was surprised about that. Uh but the, you know, deserving win for them. Good season in Division 2 and they they get to hoist the championship.
9: Yeah, absolutely. Um you know, a, a solid win, a uh a, a, a o 8-point victory over Halconis. Halconis had a very nice season too. Uh Miles Blanco was the only team that they they lost to and they lost them twice. Um, once in the championship game, so uh, they can be proud as well. But uh, Maez Blanco uh, went undefeated and um, finished the season with the championship.
2: It's a it's a good uh, ending in Lafayette. We'll keep tabs on Lexfa and FX Mexico, as well as the Liga de Monterey. So you get everything right there, as Mark said. Go to the hub at facebook.com forward slash Caroline beauties. Get the lowdown on everything that's happening down south, plus over in Europe, as well as the uh, Nate. Uh, we got the uh, week two in Italy. Uh, it's going to be here this weekend. It's going to be the Pirates against the Milano Seamen, uh, and then the Anseri Arias against uh, Bologna underdogs. Bologna lost week one in a surprise, the champs right there. But uh, we got a, a battle of one and O teams against a battle of 0 and one teams. So, kind of interesting weekend in Italy.
10: The uh, competitive game versus the must-win game. I mean, at least he's the, just first started. But, um, you know, I, I I can't say it enough. When you look at I, – I tend to look more at the caliber of teams versus the the standings. Because – standings, I've mentioned this before, they don't tell the whole story. The win-loss record tells so minimal of that, and I've learned that from my experience both as an official and somewhat of a coach, is where it stands, I mean, yeah, it it means playoffs, it means that, but more so I think you look at what you did wrong and how you ended up in the situation – and you grow from it. So 0-1 versus 0-1, I mean, we could still have a good game on our hands. So, it's gonna be you
2: know. It's uh, Nate, because um, Seren Milano put up 28 points uh, and beat Bologna 28-14 last week. So it's a, a rebound game for Bologna here. And Siri got shut out 8-0, to really tough defensive battle against the Pirates. So a, a big test for uh, – and Siri here against Bologna, or you think it's – this is a, a kind of like a, a Bologna, what do you call that uh game where they they can't afford to lose because they would go 0 and 2. And so and, but then Siri did play defensively strong so uh interesting to see how if the if the underdogs are going to go 0 and 2.
10: I I I I'd say you have to look at it from from I mean I think that's a double-edged sword there Oscar I think it's Mm-hmm. You know, it it it's a it's a must win, so you don't end up oh and two. But I think you also had, you know, it's not really much of a rebound game as much as it is just go out there and you know try to raise your game up a little bit more from where you were because obviously you had a close fought game beforehand. So I mean, I mean, de- depending on what you know the other side does, you can't do much except maybe, you know improve or learn a little bit from the previous game and take that in. I mean, you don't have to make much adjustment if you don't have to. It's only the second game.
2: Yeah, and I think Bologna putting up 14 points, considering Anseri got shut out, uh, kind of somewhat gives, I guess, the underdogs a little bit of an edge. Uh, Mark, the Pirates mm-hmm. come off that big defensive battle, 8-0, to zero, and then now they got to face uh, Seaman, who put up 28 points. So offensively, looks like Milano is probably the better offensive team at this point uh,
9: yeah I would say so I think they've shown that they um, can score with the ball um, I think I think it's helpful to keep in mind that um, I you know I believe women's football in Italy is kind of young shall we say and that the uh, you know all these uh, players are um, kind of learning the fundamentals um, uh, every you know uh, the uh, the CFAF website actually has pretty good stats that you can review, and I, I think one thing that you'll notice right away is that um, they're mostly they're certainly run first teams, um, mm-hmm. so you know the offenses are are pretty simple, and it's kind of a matter of like you know can you stop the run. Uh, that being said, uh, both the Siren uh, uh, Milano and Bologna through uh, touchdown passes Uh, but I I think they're probably more of the pass that might have been like a a pitch out or a really short pass instead of passing downfield Um, but still uh, whoever received the ball was like one was like a 62 yard reception and the other a 42 yard reception but I don't think they're hucking the ball down the field with much accuracy Uh, in fact Uh, all the teams are are throwing less than, you know, less than 10 passes per game. And it was all single-digit numbers. And and the completions were, like, you know, a third or less. So we're talking about teams that run. uh, All together this week, um, every team had at least one fumble that they lost. So, you know, if you actually have a pretty good defensive team, you know, if – the Pirates have a good defense. If they can get a couple of turnovers, I mean, that could totally turn the tide. So, um, it's early in the season yet, right? This is, We're just heading into week two. Uh, I feel like anything and, can happen. I'm not, I'm not calling it upset. So, that's why it's a little tighter, and it's a little more competitive, too.
2: Um, so, it, yeah. it becomes interesting.
9: Yeah, I, you know, I kind of think anything will happen. I think we'll, we'll certainly know more after um, this week, and... Um, we'll see how um, we'll see how uh, how tight these teams can can keep it, and then we'll get a better idea as to maybe who's got the stronger offense and who's got a stronger defense. Now that we're going to see them mix it up.
2: All right, uh, Nate, let, uh, let's finish up with Great Iron West here. Uh, last week we had um, Perth Broncos forty-two to six against Curtin. Uh, this week they continue, and they face the champions. But it was an eight to zero hard-fought, very defensive game. So uh, the two top teams in in uh, Great Island West faced off this week, and it was a very brutal eight to zero edge for the Broncos. So uh, no strangers for each other, basically. That's what I'm saying.
10: Gotta be a good game. Uh, you know, I'm trying to bring up my zone here. Um, definitely not, definitely not strangers to each other. I think, you know, like, like you said last week, close and,
1: um,
2: Broncos, the better team anyways, because they're the ones that are standing out a little bit more. Um, Rockingham had a first week by, but ever since the the, the first week by, they've been steady. This is this is a big win I think in, in a lot of senses for the Broncos because they lost the championship last year in the final to the Vipers. So it's just kind of a nice rewarding eight to zero defeat of the Vipers.
10: Redemption is always good, but the other question you have to have is will in the difference between it being a championship game and a regular season game Well, you have to look at the opposition, too. Will they have any give at all? You know? Because if they don't, I mean, yeah, it's nice to have a victory, but you also got to (laughs) consider, will that even be feasible unless you bring your A game and you show improvement from the last time you faced them? Even though it's regular season.
2: I think it was good to come back to earth for the Broncos because they were putting up uh, almost 80 the last couple weeks almost 80 to 100 points a a game and now they literally have to scrape and win this one so interesting there Um, Mark uh, West Coast Wolverines 42 to 0 against the Jets uh, not surprising there considering um, you know uh, Wolverines got a wake up call uh, against Perth so this is kind of like a rebound game for them the Jets not as as the same caliber as Perth or Rockingham, but uh, a good win, I guess, for West Coast to get back on the winning track.
9: Yeah, it's good to get off to Schneid, um, to have a, an opponent, uh, that, you know, was winless and remain winless. So, uh, but, you know, yeah, that's, that's definitely a, you know, a good kind of comeback, um, victory for the Wolverines. And, uh, you know getting getting those 42 points um you know definitely kind of helps with the tiebreaker situation and you know right now um you know the Wolverines have uh sort of jumped ahead of the Rockingham Vipers in the standings as it were uh as you said Perth the Perth Broncos are are on top now they're 5 and 0 um now with four, those four wins, uh, the Wolverines are um, are in second place, and uh, the the Wolverines are going to have another crack at at the Perth Broncos um, in a couple of weeks, um, so this, that'll certainly be a, a big a big game. Um, I'm not sure how many more weeks we have left in Gridiron West. If it's two or, or three or more, um, but um, we're, we get we're kind February. of getting down to crunch time.
2: So it's going to be a long, a long stretch.
9: Middle of February, so it's
2: a long season. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, um, Mark, we'll have to. See City, how many games Swan City, um, Swan City, two back-to-back wins. This is interesting for them. Twenty to zero against Hills and now uh, last week they get that big 8-6 uh, uh, to six win against the Jets. So I guess um, the last week was a battle of und- uh, winless teams, and now they get a win, and it's a two-game winning streak for Swan City, so I guess that's positive.
9: Yeah, well, um, you know, um, you got to take what you can because they're going to be facing the Perth Broncos next week, and um, out that's going to be a very <laughs> tough game for them.
2: <laughs> yeah, ouch is the word. Uh, Week 7, Broncos, Swan City, uh, Curtain Saints return off the bye, taking on the Jets. So that's going to be an interesting game between those two teams, Uh, maybe a competitive matchup there. And then the Vipers taking on Hills Valkyries. So um, I'm pretty sure the Vipers are going to be a little angry, losing to the Perth Broncos, and and this is a big test for Hills.
9: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, You know, uh the Curtain Saints they're kinda of on the bubble there, um, in the fourth position. It's my understanding that the top four teams um, mm-hmm. go into the semifinals for the playoffs. So, um, you know, while Perth and Wet the West Coast Wolverines and the Vipers are your usual suspects here for the playoffs, um, that that final and fourth and final slot um is up for grabs. The Curtain Saints have it. In their clutches right now, so uh, you know that they want to put the Claremont Jets away um, next week to just further solidify their playoff position.
2: All right, Mark. Uh, so we'll catch you here next week. We'll break it down week seven of and West. We're also going to kind of dive into the Italy week two. We're going to figure out who wins the Queens Bowl, and then we kind of have to jump into Le- uh, Lexpo a little bit more closely as we get to next week as well. So it's an interesting weekend in women's tackle football, and we're going to kind of break it down next week as the results come
9: in. I am looking forward to it.
2: Have a great night, Mark. Appreciate it. Good night. All right, uh, Nate, let's uh, let's rock and roll here. Let's bring in the salty one, uh, Mackenzie Brooks oh, in boy. the house. Oh, yeah, that's what I say all the time when she comes in here. Starts a reckoning.
0: What the up, no. <laughs> uh, McKenzie, The reckoning has
2: begun. Mackenzie, the Cheeseheads, they do their thing or no for you?
7: <laughs> they lost. <laughs> uh. I love it. <laughs> uh, however, I don't really have much room to talk because Dallas freaking lost, too. I don't even want to talk what about that massacre. Tell much. us what yeah. happened there. Y'all know me. I, I cannot defend horrible plays. Okay, they played like booty cheeks. Mm -hmm. Okay, I just – I cannot defend horrible play. Green Bay also played like booty cheeks. I don't care if they lost by three or not. Hell, point of matter is my loss as a Cowboys fan, is isn't even even that bad because Green Bay lost. So – and it it seems to be that we keep – the Green Bay Packers and the Dallas Cowboys seem to win and lose on the same week so far. And for once, I was just like a freaking advantage over them cheese balls. But for some reason, just that just ain't happening, and I like it.
2: And, and I I totally agree with you. Um, I I just think I don't know. I was I was kind of surprised in that sense too. Uh, Nate, uh, let's let's look week week eleven. Let's recap Thursday night. Uh, were you surprised? New England is on a good stretch. If you look at their his their uh, their schedule, uh, they could have won a couple one or two more games. But it, pretty impressive this kid in New England, and given. Uh, the blueprint that Belichick has, we could start to see a revitalized, you know, Tom Brady-like quarterback scheming there, and it, it's quietly helping the Patriots right now.
10: Oh, the the, the new young guy's been incredible. You know, as far as looking back at Teplos' games, what it could have showed that It always hurts to look back, and sometimes you never want it. But we also know from experience that part of that equation that made him so successful when Brady was there was not just Brady. It was Belichick and the system he has put forth in that team. It always, you know, we say it always starts at the top, right? So he's starting to figure it out again. He's starting to get the tools back together after he had those key disappearances with Brady leaving and Gronkowski leaving, and the list goes on and on. As long as he got that ball rolling, he's got people that are, Able to move within that system, especially with this new quarterback that they've got. I am not surprised at all they're at where they're at. Do I think they could have won a couple more games? Absolutely. But like I said, always hard to look back because it's just going to you know bring up some harsh memories of things you would have, could have, should have done. But I do think that they could get back up to that Super Bowl caliber if they just work out a little harder.
2: I think they're on their way, uh, Mackenzie. Uh, you called it, Herbert going to take care of the Steelers, and they, the Chargers, uh pretty impressive win, a must-win for them technically in that AFC West, and they pull it off.
7: I told you. You know, it, it, it wasn't going to be very much that I got right this week. That game, I knew for sure was going to be a right one, um, just because Herbert and the, Char- the Bolts are hot right now. Um, hell, Justin Herbert is like number two, I think of like first and second year quarterbacks this this season. I think the only other person that's beating him is Matt Jones um, as far as like first and second year uh, passing, QBR, uh, QPR, you know, everything like that. So it, it's just great to see, uh, you know, the young guns are stepping into those bigger roles and, you know, fulfilling those shoes that, you know, were previously left, you know, Justin Herbert took over Phillip River's spot and Matt Jones took over Tom Brady, Cam Newton spot over there in New England. So i love to see it.
2: Uh, Nate, uh, I was a very unhappy guy uh, in terms of, uh, you know, my DFS plays because I did have Ryan Tannehill as a punk play, and he punked me with four interceptions, and these Texans beat Tennessee just horrible. But, you know, hats off to Houston, I guess.
10: Well, you know, from what we've seen Houston as well as teams, that's trying to, you know, get it back together. Um, and <laughs> to to have a victor over Tennessee, I think, is, you know, a big morale boost. I, I you know, I, I, I do share some things that I've done, you know, my fair share. Well, not my fair share in recent years. I've done a little bit of fantasy with other people, though. But, you know. One player does not make the whole team, and so you know to 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 see that the 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 Titans just barely lost out. I mean,
2: it hurts me that for, they beat my team, Rams, and all of a sudden Houston beats them. How how up lopsided can that be?
0: That hurts. That, me. that is a
2: tale it's, of two. Teams. My Rams could not beat Tennessee, but Houston could beat Tennessee. My gosh. That was just. Like, I, I guess what? the bigger question on that's what's up with your Rams. No, I know, totally, totally get it. <laughs> that's my point. I like, have no
10: room to uh, talk. I just wanted to throw
2: that seriously. out. Seriously, oh my God, Mackenzie, <laughs> uh, let's sway to let's sway to the Dolphins winning three in a row, with this Tua kid.
7: First of all, y'all be sleeping on Tua T. I'm gonna just tell you all that right now, and I'm gonna, we're gonna we're gonna take it back to his college days. I don't think y'all realize like he took Jalen Hurts' spot before Jalen Hurts was actually Jalen Hurts. Okay, the lefty phenom um, out of Alabama, national championship quarterback two times over. Okay, um, is a genius. You know he's had he's had some struggles with injuries. He's had you know had some struggles just with adjusting to the pace of the NFL playbook. But you know his biggest supporter, who happens to be Trent Dilfer, um, and those of y'all who who know your football should know damn well and good who Trent Dilfer is. Super Bowl champion with the the Baltimore Ravens one time over, and now has been producing all of these hot ass, you know, phenom quarterbacks. And to a to a T, um, and and Jared Goff, when I think about it, are two of those quarterbacks that come out of there. Um, Davis Mills is to come out of what came out of that system. Um, Kyler Murray came out of that system. Um, you know, a lot of the quarterbacks that we're seeing now at a high level came out of that system. So anybody, like in my opinion, anybody that has been doubting to a tee, needs to stop. I mean, yes, does he play for a team that's not great? Yes. Uh, You know, he doesn't have very many weapons. He's also in his his second season, third season, I believe, um, as a quarterback down there, and he's been lighting it up, hurt or not.
2: Yeah, I agree. But that's surprising uh, in a way that they're winning and they're putting it together, especially with Waddle now, as a connection. They got Gaskin going. Uh, so it's starting to kind of like go in the positive direction. Um, Nate, uh, I mean, what do you say this Taylor just, what, what, a what a week for him and, the, and these Colts, they're just, they're just keeping it rolling here.
10: Well, they're looking fantastic. And he's just, yeah, you try to find the word, but damn, um, no to see the to see the show they're putting on every week, I mean, you really can't pinpoint to one performance that's been stellar throughout I mean
2: I think and they're doing in balance memory The surprising thing is they're playing him with a balanced attack. The offense is balanced they are. they're using him as a weapon, uh kind of like what Tennessee was using Henry. Uh, so it's really interesting. Um, well, what do you say of the bills then Nate? starting to slide here they you know they get beat in Miami then they start to, they 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 start to crumble here uh Allen and company they're not the same and and then starting are starting to basically we're starting to doubt whether they're even going to be in this conversation because given Miami's three three game winning streak uh the you know the uh, New England doing so go, so good now uh we got we got to start looking at the Bills as a, as a question as in terms of what they're doing now
10: oh well they're just you know they're a two-sided coin i i mean You know, I'm 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 gonna say it right now, and you know, people can at me and hate me if they want. But making the playoffs like they did, they got lucky. They can thank the lucky stars they got there because this is looking like again. I I can be hated for this if I want to. This is the build I, I I'm used to seeing. Unfortunately, this you know. This isn't the first time they've been in this kind of a situation, and probably certainly won't be the last. You know, maybe, maybe they can fix some things. I can't put my finger right on exactly what yet, but if they fix some things, they may get lucky again. But right now, I mean, Miami's in control. We, like you just said, we've seen the streak they've been on the chair. They've been on. Who can catch them?
2: Who it's going to be interesting them? to see if they stay at the top in terms of that division Um, and, and, you know, they're, they're just creeping in and they're really making an impact. Um, Mackenzie, let's, let's go into week 12 here. Uh, Thursday night, big three games on Thursday for Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. to everybody hope everybody has a great Thanksgiving this weekend and enjoy your family and, and all that. Um, Chicago, Detroit, Detroit almost take care of the, take care of the Browns. Mackenzie, so uh, they're taking on Chicago, who just came off that loss against uh, the Baltimore Ravens. So two crappy teams looking for a win. I can't pronounce it any better than that, I guess.
7: You know, I'm, I'm going to say this. Um, I was really hoping the Lions would beat the Browns. That way I could laugh in Coach Terry's face. <laughs> um, but that didn't happen, and it's fine. I'll get, I'm going to get year. sometime this year. Sometime think, this I think I'm Coach get him.
2: Terry's laughing at you right now.
7: No, you can laugh all he wants. My record is better than him anyway. Why he to see don't get me started. I was I was almost not south until you went there, Oscar. Okay. Point B of I think I'm gonna have to give the advantage to the Lions. For for whatever reason, I just seem to think they have a little bit more momentum
0: um, I'm going, with you. going
7: into this game. I'm going with
0: you.
2: 'Cause Because what the, okay. the boys hurt with the rib injury, so there's an advantage there. And the, the the backup quarterback for Detroit didn't play so bad. They almost beat the Browns. So yeah, there's opportunity. Agreed. Mhm. All right. So let's move on to your game. Uh, are, are these Raiders going to show up in Dallas and take down these Cowboys?
7: If <laughs> that happens, hell's going to freeze over. It's <laughs> David Carr coming to your town. Happen.
2: What do you mean, David Carr?
7: Look. Is well, it's the younger car. Is Derek? However, <laughs> um, it's very it's, it's a tough place. Playing in Jerry's playpen is a tough place to be. Even if you're a Dallas Cowboy fan or a Dallas Cowboy player, playing in Jerry's playpen is a hard place to win. In. With that being said, just like I said last week, or I guess two weeks ago, when Dallas lost to the Broncos, and they came back and smacked the Falcons in the face. And that's exactly what I think is going to happen. They're going to be, and, and I was, you know, you know me, I always got to do my research on, my, on, on them boys. They're always going to be my boys, win or lose, I don't care. We still have a winning record. We're 7-3, and three, okay? We're still at the top of the NFC East, and it's not even close. I think the next closest team is the Eagles. Um, I think they're like 5-4 or something, 5-6 or something. Um, point being is that Dak Prescott even said himself, he said, I'm not disappointed, I'm pissed off. That's not a good thing for anybody on the other team. It's a great thing. It's a great thing for the Dallas, the Dallas squad, because I mean, Dak's gonna have his head on right. Everything's gonna be working 100% in his eyes. I just need one of my receivers to come back, whether it's CeeDee Lamb or Amari Cooper. And I'm not making any excuses. However, if we had both of those key players, the second half of the game, the game, we still may have lost. But I think the game would have been a little bit closer.
2: Um, it's gonna be. It's gonna be a shootout in the I first half. The if they're available, for sure. Like you said, the key weapons right there. From on the other side, well, McKenzie, you got Jacobs and Waller. That's pretty much the only two weapons that he's got. Um, the, if you can control the run game, you're forcing you're forcing Carr to throw to Waller. You can actually control that with your defense. So uh, I'm giving you I'm giving Dallas the edge here. I really do think they're going to pull it off.
7: I'm I'm going gonna, gonna to take my boys by six only because yep. three points for for home field advantage and three points because our kicking has been on point since their line came back from being sick um, or being injured mm-hmm. Rather, Yeah, no, he was injured and then got COVID. So, And, then, and then since then he's been hot. So I'm I'm going to give them a six-point advantage. The thing for our defense is we have to stay consistent. We're sometime between, um I don't know if we're getting him back on this, this short week or if we're getting back on the next regular week, but DeMarcus Lawrence is supposed to come back sometime soon. And if and when that happens – everybody going to be put on notice, and it's going to be interesting. I mean, the defense of it has been rocking solid and killing it in his absence. Just since he's been recovering everything from that foot injury or that foot surgery. Um, but when he comes back, all hell's going to right break loose. Guns is going to be blazing. It's going to be crazy to watch, and I cannot wait for it. I can't wait for it. Um, my my, The two people I'm looking for on defense this week is going to be Micah Parsons, and Goldstein. Golston. The, 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 the nose tackle and middle linebacker, edge rusher combination of those two is crazy disgusting.
2: Agreed. Agreed. Um, uh, Nate, let's go a uh, two-minute warning here. So we got to go into – got a couple minutes here, five, five minutes. So let's go two minutes here, two-minute drill. Uh, Buffalo, you talked about how they're on a slide here. New, or- New Orleans also uh, needs a win here. Two teams that desperately need to win, especially Buffalo, more so I think than New Orleans. Oh, I definitely think more so than
10: uh New
2: Orleans. I mean,
10: New Orleans has proven time and again they, they can get out of the neat jam. I think the Bills more so needed to show that they they are as competitive as they showed they were in the um I wouldn't say shortened, but I'd say different season. You know, a, you know, good morale boost and a good push forward for them. So I, I, I do agree. It's more, more on the Bills' shoulders than on the Saints.
2: Mackenzie, um, the Browns. I mean, they barely won this game against the Lions. So it, this is not like, a, you know, a playoff caliber team that everybody was looking for. But now they're they're slugging. Basically, they just barely beat that. They get Mitch, uh, Nick Chubb's back to close out that final drive. Now they're going to go up against Baltimore. I believe Lamar should be back this week, and they're they're coming off that win as well without him. So uh, interesting matchup here.
0: Oh,
7: you know I can't really laugh too much at the Browns because they did win. Like I said, Dallas's record is better, so I'm always going to gingle in coach Coach Lister's face because I love to see him flushed. It's funny. <laughs> um,
2: and they get the Ravens back to back, Max. So. This is interesting. This That's is why I'm saying it's going be interesting. Yeah,
7: yeah. Browns, Browns, Ravens again. And the Browns are coming off a struggle win. You know, I, I think I'm going to be nice. And I think I'm going to take Coach Lister's Browns. All right. I think I'm going to have to. You appreciate For that. whatever reason, I feel like once Baker Mayfield's actually, you know, 100, not even, not, he don't even have to be 100%. Once he's able enough to. Throw accurately without having all that shoulder pain that he's had. Um, I think it's going to be. I think there's going to be a little bit of a turnaround. But until then, they got they got Case Keenum right um, as their backup, who is a very formidable quarterback. I mean, if anybody knows their football, they would know what he did, you know, in in uh, Minnesota a few years ago with Stephon Diggs. Uh, during those playoffs, those, that playoffs game. So it's not the quarterback play that I'm so much worried about with them. It's the consistency, kind of like we've talked about before with Coach Lister being on the show um, and that stuff that he's you know he's out tonight. But, uh, I mean, he'll even tell yourself. It's, it's a lack of consistency for his team right now. So if they can put together, you know, multiple consistent drives and consistent drives on the other side of the ball, then I think they can pull this out.
2: All right, uh, Nate, we'll leave off the show here. We've got uh, two minutes or two, three minutes left here. Uh, Seattle, Washington football team, uh, must win, I think, for the Seahawks more so to stay somewhat com- competitive in the West. Uh, Washington, kind of the same picture in the East. So these two teams really need, uh, I guess, a win for more, more, than, more than anything.
10: Uh, I'm sorry, see who? This team right now, I'm saying, is not the Seahawks. I'm sorry. Um, you know, I, I think in terms of if we want to look towards off season, I, I I think it weighs more on the Washington football team, and and more importance. I think right now in Seattle sense, they need to really focus on getting the pieces back together, finding where those rough edges are, and sharpening them down. And just look to the off season at this point, you know maybe another win or so just to, you know, have a little bit of pride and dignity going in there. But I think the better aim would be trying to go for those draft picks. So I think getting wins and moving up would be more in favor of the Washington Football Team than
2: it would the Seahawks. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's it's going to be an interesting interesting weekend for this. You know, the th- Thursday night, the Thursday games. I, I I wouldn't say they're bad matchups, but I, I'm going to say that. They they don't look very good, unless he surprises with a lot of firepower. Not a very good uh, lineup in terms of this Thanksgiving. Uh, Sunday night, somewhat looks okay. Monday night, probably not. So, um, you know, the the games that are interesting are probably going to be Sunday. You've got Vikings against the Niners. My Rams mm-hmm. taking on the Packers. Chargers taking on the Broncos. Um, you got Steelers and Bengals may be interesting there. Uh, the Patriots taking on Tennessee. So, Mac, I mean, I, I think if you look at that whole breakdown of this Thursday night, Sunday, and Monday night, I, I think you're better off just focusing on Sunday only, Sunday afternoon.
7: Uh, I think if you're, a, you know, if you're a true football enthusiast, you know, player, fan, coach, whatever have you, I think you're you're pretty excited about this slate, this, this week's slate of of ball. In general, especially with those Thanksgiving days, The those Thanksgiving Day games, but I think in retrospect, you're kind of right. You kind of have to just look forward to that Sunday, you know, the Sunday Monday slate to you know start the start week thirteen. Uh, so that's kind of where I'm at as far as I'm concerned. Um, so you know, it's just it's just going to you know, it's really at this point going to be it's really going to be a game of inches, especially with these all, all three of these well, all six of these teams that are playing on Thanksgiving Day. It's going to be who, you know, type of It's going to be a small stuff, time of possession, you know, um, the consistency. Yep. It's going to be things like, you know, very few who has the least amount of penalties, who can convert more on third down, things like that.
2: Yeah, no, I agree with you. So it's going to be a great game. Chicago, Detroit, Las Vegas, Dallas, Buffalo, New, um, New Orleans. And we've got Cleveland, Baltimore Sunday night, Seattle, Washington. So, all right, guys, thanks for coming in. McKenzie, really appreciate you guys being here for the Big 400. Nate, as well, thank mm-hmm. you very much. Uh, to Mark Simone, to all our previous uh, co-hosts, thank you for making the time today to celebrate this big milestone for our podcast, the Big 400. So don't forget to go to monkeynightfight.com and use the code NGF and get started. So i catch you here for 401, and we'll see what Week 12 is going to look like in the NFL. So have a great night, everybody
0: is
6: the fastest growing daily fantasy sports site in america you get fun easy to play contests with cash prizes featuring your favorite players monkey Nightsite, daily fantasy sports for the rest of us sign up now and get an instant match on your first deposit up to 50 dollars